Welcome to Florida Basketball Hour. I'm Neil Blackman. On this rather quick, abbreviated version of the podcast, I will preview Saturday's Orange Bowl Classic game against uh, Utah State. I think a very good team that is destined for the NCAA tournament. Chance for Florida to get a quadrant one victory. And, you know, it's one of those neutral floor games that will be looked at as a neutral floor game, even though it should be a pretty good home crowd for uh, for Florida. So, um, without further ado, kind of dive into uh, Utah State, which um, is a really good team. You know, I think one thing that Florida really needs to do, uh, and this was one of the marquee non-conference games that you kind of circled before the season is, an opportunity for for the Gators to pick up a great a great resume win, and um, I think I think that that kind of holds uh, that that holds true. You know, tomorrow this is a team that was in the NCAA tournament last year um, that they're going to play and return the bulk of that production back. Um, I think you know in preseason magazines a lot of people picked the uh, Utah State Aggies as kind of a Cinderella squad and. Um, that you know they're a good they're a good team that's beaten some good teams. They beat LSU, uh, defending SEC champions. They beat South Florida, who I think is uh, a very good team. Um, the other night at the buzzer, and and they like the Gators have not lost to any bad teams. Their their losses came to uh, a, a two really excellent offenses. St. Mary's, one of the nation's most offensive uh, efficient offensive teams, not offensive, and BYU. Uh, who was, you know, so that their losses are to two teams that rank in Kimpom in the top 20 uh, in efficiency. Um, for those wondering about Eric, Eric Fawcett will join me uh, for a full show to recap the big win over Providence and the Utah State game on Sunday. Eric had uh, basketball uh, obligations. It's it's winter break down here, so, um, you know, our our squad was able to practice earlier in the day, which gave me time to go ahead and post up this show. So uh, we'll just start with with uh, two, you know, the kind of the main thing about, I don't know, let's start with Utah State offensively and, and the kind of challenges they'll, they'll pose to the Gators, who now rank uh, 23rd nationally in Kim Palm defensive efficiency, um, the highest the number's been really since the beginning of the season. They'll play a Utah State team that comes in ranked 34th nationally in Kim Palm offensive efficiency, a very efficient offense, and, and the main thing that uh, Utah State really does exceptionally is pass the ball. Uh, there's no more telling statistic on that front than the fact that uh, 60% of Utah State's field goals are assisted. Uh, that, that rate is among the top 10 in the country. Um, maybe more impressive is the fact that, uh, you know, 83% of their three-point baskets are assisted, which means that they're moving the ball well on the perimeter. Uh, they have a pretty nice number of assist uh, assisted baskets at the rim as well at, at 50%, which means it's not a team that's going to drive past you. Uh, in fact, uh, their star player, Sam Merrill, who we'll get to, is not really a guy who, who finishes well at the rim if he has a weakness. Um, but that's certainly, I think, one of the most impressive things about them. Their offense under Craig Smith – uh, who was an excellent coach at South Dakota, uh, which is another you know mid-major terror that he came from. And uh, he showed up and just kind of immediately changed the culture at, at Utah State after three kind of quiet years. They win um, 
the Mountain West, or sorry, share the Mountain West crown last year with Nevada. Um, but uh, they still get to hang the banner for those shared conference crowns. And uh, Craig Smith is kind of the opposite of Mike White. He's fiery. He'll scream at the officials. Um, and his team reflects that, that they wear their emotions on their sleeves. Uh, they'll get in your face. Um, they'll talk a lot of trash. You know, I mean, they famously, um, you know, basically got their fans so riled up that, that Nevada almost had a brawl there uh, a year ago. So a very intense team. Um, plays hard, but also extraordinarily unselfish team. And, and one of the best ways that they do that is is by setting you know tremendous screens um they run a lot of screen the screener actions which is just a an action where the target defender uh is really put under a lot of stress because he can he kind of has to choose um which what to do does he fight through the second screen or does he help on the first screen screen and then try to quickly recover to to the guy running off the second screen um and I think that that's, you know, a very difficult action to defend and something that Utah State does uh, tremendously well. And, and, and here's the thing about that. When, when they can't get those screening actions to work, um, they have the reigning Mountain West Player of the Year and I think the best mid-major player in college basketball. And I include everyone on Gonzaga in that discussion, and that's reigning Mountain West Player of the Year, uh, Sam Merrill. Um, Merrill is kind of their late shot clock assassin. He's the guy that that really makes them go when they aren't in transition offense. Um, you know, they he has 20 attempts, according to Hoop Math, in late offense. That's more than double the next highest number. Um, and, you know, he's shooting 58.3% effective field goal percentage on those looks. That's just an insane number. Um, given given his twenty and and given the fact that he's not terrific um, in finishing at the rim, but he's he's just such a good shooter from beyond the arc that he can even take late shot clock threes, and and he can shoot either off movement or off the catch. Um, really pretty good at shooting off the dribble. He shoots sixty three point six percent on unguarded three point attempts, um, and and so you know really what you want to do is try to get out there on him on the perimeter and guard him pretty close and and try to make him go by you. Uh, he's not a great finisher at the rim. He finishes only a 42.5% clip. That's similar to the Andrew Nimhard number and, and not really altogether unsimilar, you know, body, six foot five, big guard that can see over defenses. Um, but, but like Andrew Nimhard, definitely struggles um, at the rim. Uh, you know, Eric Fawcett in his Gator Country preview wrote, uh, quote, their offense is beautiful to watch. They move the ball. They have players who pressure defenses, their ability to score one-on-one. They perfectly blend the balance of playing within a system and seeing weaknesses they can break. They play to its point. They don't turn the ball over. They take good shots. And when they miss them, they're tireless on the offensive glass. And I think a lot of that is, is uh, you know, is spot on. Um, this is a, a team that really does – According to Kempom, get after it uh, on the offensive glass. They rank 66th in offensive rebounding percentage. But, they, but the other thing that's impressed me this year is how they get after it on the defensive glass. I mean, opposing teams. And remember, Florida's a team that sometimes needs offensive rebounds uh, to make them go. Utah State 
is third nationally right now in limiting opposing offensive rebounds. It's a big reason that they were able to overcome a huge deficit and beat um, LSU. And I think their efficient offense is part of the reason that uh, that they were that they you know you can they can get behind and they can come back on you because they can score in bunches and they they score efficiently and and. They do do a pretty good job of protecting the ball. The other big challenge is this is one of the few teams that kind of has a puzzle piece that can that can perhaps create some issues for for Kerry Blackshear. It's a really intriguing matchup with him and uh, Nemius Keita, um, who they call the Portuguese paint protector. Um, Keita played for the Portuguese national team. There were lots of questions about his eligibility. Eventually. Uh, he was cleared to play, and and he's certainly one of the most dominant rim protectors in the country. Um, he, you know, opponents shoot ten percent worse from inside the arc uh, on average when he's on the floor. For perspective, that is exactly one uh, percent lower than the number that Cavarius Hayes limited teams to last year. Teams shot eleven percent worse against the Gators from inside the arc when Cavarius Hayes was on the floor. Um, Keita is kind of the defensive anchor of the team, and I will get to their defense in a minute. But but he does certainly create matchups and, and isn't doing, uh, you know. I think I, I wouldn't say that he's necessarily doing a terrible job, you know, contributing offense this year. It's been a, a little bit better. His offensive rating is a little higher, and and uh, so so there's there's some of that 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 is an element. But mostly he's going to bring defense. Their biggest piece on offense uh beyond sam merrill at least this year has been justin bean a six seven wing uh does a little bit of everything um you know a very efficient offensive rebounder a guy that that is bigger than keontae johnson but has a little of that keontae johnson dog in him uh and and i think you know pretty pretty quality uh pretty quality secondary option um behind sam merrill uh, but Merrill is certainly the the sun around which the team orbits. Uh, Bean is a guy who really came on as a freshman late last year. He's kind of a spark plug off the vents uh, and a glue guy that that defends pretty well. It really, when you look at this basketball team, Utah State, they're kind of a team that that has six guys uh, that that are terrific, and then. You know, there's kind of a drop off, but Sam Merrill, Justin Bean, Brock Miller, uh, Diogo Brito, um, and Abel Porter are all are all really quality players, um, and that's kind of it. Those six uh, are the guys that they really, really rely on. Um, you know, if you look at their their usage ratings, those guys all play significant, significant minutes. Alfonso Anderson is the seventh man. He's the the one other guy who plays enough to kind of merit attention. Um, the other thing that they do on offensive is is, is really well is send cutters out of the pick and roll. Um, when Utah likes to run a pick and roll, the other three players on the floor are excellent at at cutting. Uh, defense defenses are you know react to that initial screen and players are always looking for each other and moving that's constant offense that you hear on twitter that people criticize florida's offense for utah state's excellent at constant movement um and so uh you know that that efficient offense 
then gives way to a defense that's not terrific. You know, they do have some athleticism deficiencies, especially as mentioned when when Keita is not on the floor. Uh, I think that they struggle a little bit on defense. Um, but still, I think, you know, a decent defensive team, ranking 71st. Um, the 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 anchor of that group is is absolutely going to be uh Keda and it's going to be important for for Kerry Blackshear to try to move him out of the paint. This is one of those games where people that get mad about Kerry Blackshear not posting a lot would be wise to consider that that here Blackshear is going to be much better if he starts higher um and at the elbow um and try to limit the impact that Keda has on the game as a shot blocker. Um, Florida has not traditionally shot the ball well in Sunrise. Um, so, you know, hopefully Florida can can shoot better tomorrow. Uh, Florida's ball screen offense uh, is going to be pretty important. Utah State will try to protect Keda by um, dropping off screens a bit, in particular with, with, with their bigs. Uh, and and that way um, they try to take away the player, uh, take away the rim, and the player guarding the ball hander will go over the top of the screen a lot. If you go over the top of the screen, I think you you limit, um, you know, kind of the chance at the pull-up jumper and and you limit the chance at layups with, with Kata there protecting the rim. So that leaves either ball movement to create three-pointers or um, – kind of those analytically inefficient, you know, long two-point jump shots, the DeAndre Ballard specials, uh, you could call them a little bit. Um, the one thing I'll say about, you know, making them sound like they're some sort of monster is they still are 71st in defense efficiency. South Florida had a lot of um, success getting to the bed, getting to the 10 with, with athletes uh, I think it's a good game where Keontae Johnson has some nice matchups. It's going to be a good game for Scotty Lewis if Florida can put him in positions where he gets downhill. A good game for Trey Mann to kind of build on what he did in Brooklyn. Um, they had they had you know issues with those teams, and then they had issues with with St. Mary's and just you know just the ability of of St. Mary's to take care of the basketball and. Uh, Run really efficient offense, obviously through through Jordan Ford and uh, Tanner Krebs and Malik Fitz, who who gave them fits. Yeah, I just went there. I'm sorry about that one. Um, but you know, the the, the reality is, uh, this is a very good team. It's a well coached team. Craig Smith's a guy with a veteran laden roster whose stock is rising, rising, rising. I think that a Mountain West Conference title is is probably in the fold. Obviously, Fresno State's a very good team, although a team that they beat um, already, another quality win. That's kind of, you know, where where that is. Um, in terms of their six-man uh, and their bench, like we said, it's, it's kind of a limited bench. Um, Florida's defense has to be playing at the level that it played at uh, against Providence, but with less fouls. Um, I do think that Florida has decent matchups for Sam Merrill depending on how they help when Andrew Nimhard gets switched. Uh, and and do, you, do you have Keontae Johnson on, out on Merrill? Do you, do you even risk Sam Merrill uh, against Trey Mann? 
you know, those are kind of concerns because Florida's zones that like to drop into man are, are probably going to create favorable matchups along with Utah State's screening actions are going to create some favorable matchups for for uh, Merrill. So you just want to limit the damage that he does and, you know, um, and see, you know, what you can do in terms of, of getting to the basket and the 10 playmaking uh, offensive creation-wise. I do think that that a guy like uh, Trey Mann is, is a guy that can really impact this game. And, and I'm a little more bullish on uh, Andrew Nimhard, even though, you know, these kinds of defenses have – these drop coverage defenses have, have given him some trouble. Uh, I think that we saw maybe his best basketball against Providence and, and Florida certainly um, will – We'll need a good game from Andrew Nimhard to win. This is a a very good Utah State team, a tough matchup for the Gators, but Florida's at home. Um, and, you know, the reality is, wow, Utah State has some quality scalps on their resume thus far, uh, particularly their win over LSU. Florida would be the biggest scalp that they'd get uh, based on Kim Palm rankings, based on Sagarin rankings. So I, I really feel like Florida's probably – uh, the best team that they've played, and particularly on the defensive end, Florida's far and away the best team that that they've seen. Now, it's interesting that, that the two teams that have beaten uh, Utah State so far have been really, really efficient offensive teams. Um, but, you know, that said, they haven't played, you know, a tremendous defensive team. St. Mary's ranked 102 in defensive efficiency and, and still uh, found, found it, you know, not terribly difficult sledding against Utah State in a game that they controlled. Uh, LSU ranks 95 in adjusted defense, 14th in offense, ran out to a huge lead. So I do think that the key against Utah State has kind of been that their offensive options are are somewhat, I don't want to say, you know, terribly limited um, beyond Sam Merrill, but, you know, there there is some merit to that. If Justin Bean is off, I mean they have, they only have two players on their basketball team that rank um, in the top 300 in offensive rating, uh, and those two are Sam Merrill and Bean. Beyond that, it's just not a particularly uh, efficient offensive basketball team, which is partly why their offensive efficiency rating overall has dipped a little bit. Um, I shouldn't say that it's not an efficient offensive basketball team. I should say that their efficiency rating is dipped because I don't think that they have multiple secondary options to support Sam Merrill. So they kind of go as Sam Merrill goes. He was marvelous against USF. Uh, They found a way to win that game after he fouled out, which I think was impressive for them and will build confidence. But I also think like Florida is a bigger challenge than South Florida. And, and I like Florida's chances to, to win a close game um, on their home floor. But in terms of the Gators, just very important to come out focused and not think as a young basketball team, which, you know, they, they just are. Uh, you know, you're talking about your veterans being mostly sophomores, right? Um, and this would be a good game for Kerry Blackshear to get the team together and just say, hey, look, guys, we're not uh, – just because we played tremendous – in Brooklyn doesn't mean we figured anything out. And if if Florida loses tomorrow, um, it's just another missed opportunity to beat a good team. Um, so big game for Florida tomorrow. Hope to see everybody out at sunrise at the BB&T Center. We'll be back Sunday with a full podcast. 
Hope you enjoyed the uh, abbreviated Utah State preview. Bye-bye, everybody.